Hey guys, welcome to Braving It, the podcast about drama school and how we're surviving it, brought to you by two actors in training. My name is Will. And my name is Chris. And we are your hosts. So um, today's topic is online classes. Uh, So for those who may not know, with drama school, obviously the current situation in the world has not allowed us to go into uh, classes and do any like dance classes, acting classes or anything face to face. So everything has migrated to mostly via Zoom or emails to um, keep up training. So we're just going to discuss today how that's affected us going from in-person training to online. Yeah, (laughs) it's been a big change and I'm not a huge fan of it, but like we kind of have to at the moment, don't we? So it's hard. It's really hard because you used to get so much um, time and like a lot of help being in person and going straight to online classes. You can't get that same kind of connection with someone like teaching, especially in dance. If you're doing something wrong, they can just look through your camera and sort of say, um, maybe you need to move that foot a little bit differently or straighten your back, but they can't physically come over to you and like push you where you need to. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, it's just like, I, I've kind of struggled with like getting, um, advice and stuff because I don't really know how to work on it. Like, um, in tap, I know like in the past few weeks, like Matt, our teacher has been saying, oh, well, um, go this way and then I go the wrong way because I'm trying to mirror it and stuff like that Mm. and like it's just it's just all a bit of a it's just a bit of a weird system like I I do it works well um when my wi-fi is working well I know Will and I have both been having problems with our wi-fi which is brilliant Um, (laughs) but yeah it's just it's it does work well I think I think we're making the best out of a bad situation um but yeah I don't know. It's it's just been it's just been very hard to make the switch. I think. I think one thing that's quite comforting is the fact that the teachers don't really know what to do either. It's not just like the students yeah. struggling. Yeah, everyone's. Um, Rachel was. I can't remember whether it was Rachel was saying um, that they need um, online Zoom lessons. Like <laughs> they don't need <laughs> online Zoom training. And I do kind of agree. We need we need training on how to use it properly and stuff like that. Because I don't know. It's a good system. Where did did Zoom come from? Because I'd never heard of it before, like, all these online classes started. No, neither. And my my dad, um, his job, like, he's he's lucky enough to have his job be able to move to completely remote as well. And he he said the same. He was like, oh, yeah, there's this new thing called Zoom. And I was like, oh, we're using the same for drama school. And he was like, oh, okay. You can have meetings of, like, hundreds of people in in one room at one time. Like, we've been... um, having those GSA talks Feel like Feel Good Fridays. Um, and there's been, what, how many people in there? A couple of hundred, maybe? Last time, I think it was 150 in one chat. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a good system and it handles everything well and you can all mute yourself and the host has quite a lot of mm. um, powers. But I just thought yeah. it was going to go to like Skype or like something along that line because obviously that's more mainstream. But yeah, Zoom or even Google Hangouts and stuff. I bet Zoom's made a killing during quarantine, though. Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Noticed how many times it's updated itself as well? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, since the start of lockdown, it's sent my laptop about four updates for the Zoom app, just because it's probably they've had no one using it, and then all of a sudden everyone's using it, and like people are finding bugs, and it needs to be optimized and stuff. Yeah, but. What, what I find difficult, as you mentioned, is is the Wi-Fi. Like, with audio, trying mm. to hear what they're saying, or if you have to try and keep in time, like, they'll count sort of five, six, seven, eight. And you're trying to yeah. do it correctly, because I don't know about you, but my camera seems to work just fine, but they ca- I can't see or hear them very well. And they're like, Will, you messed up the timing there, or Will, you messed up that step. It's like, yeah, I, I know, but I can't hear it or see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm meant to do it. <laughs> Yeah, mine's mine's literally the same. I'm literally, um, some of the time my Wi-Fi does this weird thing where it just get it's we're we're on some. My dad worked it out. We're on some ridiculously low download speed or something that we're not meant to be getting. So BT are coming. Have literally sent my dad an email and said we're sending someone out to come and fix it because your Wi-Fi is really broken. So it is genuinely a problem with our Wi-Fi. Um, but it, I think I think we were in jazz and um, Alex was counting and then. My Wi-Fi stopped, and then 
it started again like five seconds later but everything that he had said over those five seconds was at like twice the speed so then I was like <laughs> jumping around my living room at 90 miles an hour trying to keep up because I thought <laughs> he had sped up but he hadn't it was my wi-fi so then it went back to the normal pace and I was just like what is going on <laughs> oh no it's it's been weird it's definitely been very weird I yeah I've been struggling to find places to do the dance classes in particular just because you need to have quite enough room to, to stretch up, jump, and like kick your legs out. Um, yeah. Personally, my house is, is quite small. The biggest space I have is in the garden, which I'm lucky to have a garden. Obviously, some people um, don't have that. But mm. the guard, my, my garden has those fences where it's only like half the height of a normal fence. So oh. my would easily be able to just walk past and be like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> Your neighbours ever looked over the fence at you doing your dance or? I I look forwards. I just don't even like attempt to see if anyone's looking at me because I know I'll get instantly embarrassed. So I just imagine <laughs> no one's looking. There's no one out yeah. there. Just me. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. But I I have um I invested in some wireless headphones as well just because I thought I don't want to be blasting music out in the garden and be that guy every day at the same time, just playing music and annoying all of the neighbours. Okay, so speaking of bad Wi-Fi, um, we <laughs> lost connection for a second, so we've had to restart the recording. Um, but we're back. We... Yeah, we are back. Sorry, that was my fault. I do apologise. I can't remember exactly what we were just talking about, so we're just going to sort of restart that topic. So Your, wi- your about... wireless headphones. We were at your wireless headphones, I think. In the garden. But yeah, no, I, I liked to have those in just so that I didn't bother people with the audio coming from yeah. Um But they're so uncomfortable to wear when you're dancing. Like, I didn't realise how much my face, like, moves and, like, tenses and makes my ears, like... Yeah, them. your ears like wiggle about and stuff. Yeah, but it, I think it was a good investment at least, like just so I don't have to blast the sound out. But after, yeah, the, we we had like a nice period of time when the weather was quite good, so I could be out in my garden quite happily. And then it suddenly got really cold and rainy, and I remember mm. doing my jazz classes outside and just not being happy at all and really uncomfortable. Just because I was stood there in like a t-shirt and cycling shorts. Because <laughs> yeah. If you wear too many layers, then you're probably not going to be able to dance very well or you'll overheat or whatever. But I maybe should have put some more layers on because it just was not comfortable out there in the cold at all. Yeah, I mean, I did ballet in a hoodie one week because I got a bit cold in our living room. So <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm still going to do the arm movements and everything, um, but I'm cold, so I'm wearing a hoodie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't hold that against you. I think that's one thing is that GSA definitely have been very accommodating to what people have and what they can do and all that. Um, yeah, with, with exactly. Dance gear in particular, I know they've not been too, like, you must be wearing jazz shoes, you must be wearing this clothing, that clothing. Um, jazz classes, I was literally just wearing Converse trainers because I couldn't find my jazz shoes. And I yeah. just thought, I'm... He, he shouldn't complain because I can still do everything I need to in them yeah exactly obviously if it was in class it would be different but some people have still I didn't I didn't even think about this some people just upped and left before yeah. clearing out their rooms like I was lucky enough to live like half an hour away so I could just drive back and pick up my stuff um but yeah probably shouldn't announce that in the thing but <laughs> we were told we were literally it was a week into lockdown and that wasn't really told we weren't really told that um it was before the uni said that we can um leave our stuff in our rooms and still get our accommodation fees back so it i was literally sat in my room when the email popped up saying don't travel back to uni to collect your things and i was like ah well i'm already at uni emptying out my room but okay but you did it safely so I did it safely on my own. I didn't even bring my parents with me, even though we're living together. So, <laughs> and there was no one else there. Um, exactly. So, it, <clears throat> yeah, Sos Boris, if you're listening, which you won't be. <laughs> but yeah. But no, the, the, with me, I left my tap shoes back in mm. my room, 
so all of our tap classes I've just been doing in socks which after a while I realised sort of like I, I'm damaging my feet sometimes yeah. by like how hard I'm trying to hit the floor to make a sound because I'm just smacking my feet like why won't I tap yeah and it's like it's because it's your bones well yeah. that are on the floor that's probably why it doesn't sound like a tap shoe but <laughs> I'm also on a carpet so that's probably not going to help oh yeah that pro- no that really wouldn't help <laughs> yeah um but it, it's it's been really weird doing all our classes online one thing i know we've we've missed out a lot on is um acting in general because the only yeah. that really have maintained during lockdown have been dance classes and sometimes like a research class which we we didn't even have them that often when we were no. normally doing classes but i i do miss having the acting like one-to-one with jerry or like our entire group acting class i even miss like when, when we went into second term we got rid of the acting class with andrew and um some people like said that that wasn't their favorite class and that they they don't mind doing something different but for me i liked it because it was something that we didn't normally do in our class yeah and it added like a different layer but i don't know i could be weird yeah, I mean, I think everyone was just getting very stressed about auditions in second term, and we were kind of like, Wait, can we just do all classes that are relevant to auditions? True. Um, which is kind of what it switched to in term two, because I know personally for me, I was getting very scared that I was like, oh, wow, my first audition's in like three weeks. Um, <laughs> and this is scary. This is happening again. But yeah. People were expecting it to, expecting it to come around as quick as it did. Yeah, it it came around way faster because the autumn term went like lightning. It was so fast. Like it was like one minute we were in freshers because it. I suppose we only started it. We did start fairly late in comparison to other schools, and it was it was October. But then it was like October, and then it was my birthday week, which is the week of. Um, I love the way I just said my birthday week. I meant the week of week my birthday is in, which was our reading week. And I was like, that was that was fast. That was like six weeks gone straight away. <laughs> and then it got to Christmas and it was like, blimey, that like this is real now. And we were all submitting UCAS again and everything like that. And it was just, mm. yeah, it was just very, it all happened so fast. And then obviously Corona started happening in January because the signs started popping up around uni. Mm-hmm. The, and the, the craziest thing is obviously it was, a week ago was meant to be the week of our showcase. Yeah, we were meant to be doing like all the tech rehearsal and being in the Ivy Arts and like pull together all of our material. And it's just a shame that because of the situations, which I know can't be helped, but we've we've not had that that sort of feeling of accomplishment of finishing the year. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like we're obviously still gonna. F- like finish our course but it it i just feel i i just yeah it won't be it's, it's, impactful no i mean yeah i don't really know what i'm feeling at the moment it's just a bit like sad that we're not getting like a proper sort of I know, um finishing performance or whatever people are hoping that there's going to be classes that return during summer and i have no idea what's going on with that because obviously that's got to be down to whatever the university decides and what the government rules is acceptable but it would be nice if yeah. we could at least have like two weeks just to go back have like a, a very quickly thrown together show or something or just like a little hurrah just to finish before we all like go yeah. separate ways i mean i don't mean to be a debbie downer but <laughs> it won't happen. um i just don't I just don't really see that happening, to be honest. No, just because um, we're like, because Cambridge is one of the biggest universities that's researching it and everything that's going on at the moment. And they've decided that they're not going to have any face-to-face lectures until what, next after next summer, like September 2021. So I just don't, I just don't see like little old Surrey uh, going, oh yeah, it's fine. We'll just bring everyone back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's a shame, but it'll be interesting to see how classes start in September because I've yes. got an email from GSA about what I'll be doing next year, and they were saying that they're gonna introduce a hybrid, so they'll do um, 
50-50 online and in-person classes. So we'll still have a full schedule, but it will be with smaller groups. So I believe they're going to split the groups in half. Right, okay. Um, so similar like what we have on foundation with group A and group B. But I imagine they'll just do that with the BAs. Right, okay. That's that's quite cool, actually, I suppose. It's just that it's just how are the second years and third years going to do their shows? And unless they do shows that require a smaller cast, like so they don't do a massive, like big fancy production, they do something a little bit more intimate, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I suppose they the the autumn season is eighteen in each cast anyway. Yeah. Or it was this year, so it was eighteen in Little Mermaid and eighteen in the Christmas Carol. So I suppose that may be all right. It just depends on what the rules are, isn't it? I've so. heard something about they've got forty people in BA this year. Really? Yeah. Blimey. Okay. Because I, I always thought that um, the current head wanted to keep it around 36. And I, I had heard, I think it might have even been from him in the Q&A at one point, that it does go up to 40. And I assume this year they've just had so many exceptional cases that they've gone, oh, okay, we'll, we'll bump the numbers up to the maximum. Mm. Especially with our foundation lock, because our foundation have had so many offers to GSA in particular. So I, yeah. I guess they probably don't want to have the majority of the um, BA be foundation. So they want to try and bump in a few strangers as well. <laughs> a few strangers, yeah. <laughs> it is technically a stranger, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Because they've n- n- they never met them before and stuff like that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's been it's been interesting. H- have you had any like? interactions with people that you might potentially be seeing at PPA? Um, I haven't yet because I haven't um, I, got, I got an email from the head of um, PPA just because someone invited me to the, oh, yeah, the group did. yeah but I haven't so because I haven't accepted my offer yet they don't like allow people in until they've accepted their offers No, offense, but, um, you don't even go here <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so I'm just waiting to accept my offer, which I should do soon because Erdang have been quite good at getting back to people quickly and I need oh, yeah. to... I, sa- I said this last Thursday, didn't I, that I need to film my stuff and I still haven't done it yet. Um, but, That's right, still um, got time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I need to just send that off um, by the end of the weekend, so that will be fine. Um, but they've been quite good at getting back to people with a yes or a no fast. Yeah. Um, because I think I think Erdang is one of those places that know exactly what they want, like exactly what they want right away. So if you're not what they're looking for, they'll just be like, no. Um, have you had to have like any interview, or is it literally do they just base it on what you've your talent and what you do? Um, I don't know because I remember Erdang last year. They in actual like in person, all they asked in our little interviews on the day was like, um, what other schools have you auditioned to? Why why are you choosing a BA course rather than like a diploma or foundation or something? Okay. And then um, I think that was one of the questions. And then I can't remember what the third question was, but it was literally three questions. I was in there for a few minutes. It wasn't like a chat about your personality or anything like that. It wasn't, um, mm. yeah. I think it was. I think it was something about the tracks because I know you Erdang runs on like tracks and stuff like that. And um, so, which track you'd see yourself in and stuff like that. I can't quite remember, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the online auditions does the same where I'll have a little Zoom interview because, like, the same as PPA. I had a twenty-minute chat with the lady who um, they spread out the workload. So it was the lady who ran the foundation course. Um, okay and yeah she was lovely so that was nice and it was a nice little taster of like what the teachers could be like and stuff like that so it would be quite nice to have that for Erdang but I don't know mm. I don't know what the situation is with them it, um, it's interesting to see how all the different drama schools have handled the amount of work that they have to do now it's all online because obviously for GSA the same members of staff have decided to do all of the recall auditions um, which is I, I appreciate that they've done that because it keeps it unbiased and fair like they won't yeah. they won't be really harsh against one person but then a different tutor might come in and be like oh I really like them so I'll offer them a spot it is this is what GSA is looking for so this is you are correct or you're, you're not correct for the school um, Yeah. but there's some uh, schools that I know have had quite a few different um, teachers or uh, like 
external um, examiners on these like different auditionees. Uh, oh, okay. And they've taught them different dance routines or judged their audition monologues or audition songs differently. So that that is definitely one thing I appreciate that GSA have done is that they've con- con- like remained consistent. Uh, yeah. But I don't know the full story. I I only audition for musical theatre at GSA and Royal Central, so I don't know what um, musical theatre was like at Mount View or Arts Ed. This is just through purely what I've heard from other people that have auditioned at these places. I, I know yeah. a bit about like the acting side of things, but the acting side of things never really have been too different. Like they've they've felt the same. It's just been instead of being in a big group and workshopping stuff, you do it more face to face. Like, I... Yeah, I suppose I think I think it's different with definitely I think monologues and songs. Obviously, are kind of in the world of like musical theatre and acting and everything. They're kind of the same thing. Just um, singing, like singing, is basically a monologue with a tune, yeah. kind of. Um, but I think it's just I don't know what it is, but it's just different doing singing, like singing monologues. Then singing monologues to a camera than it is speaking a monologue to a camera i don't know i don't know what it is i think because we're so used to seeing like people tv shows and stuff like that with monologues in them like we've got used to sort of watching people do them but then obviously when you have like a musical movie say like i don't know as an example high school musical or greece or something like that it's all very much about the camera angles but when you're trying to do a song that's just use your phone in one place or whatever it's just a completely different situation and I don't know what it is about it but I don't know yeah. if you found that as well Th- that brings me back to talking about like online classes um I find that especially for my singing it's really jarring being a diff- in a different place and like singing out loud because I never used to be someone who sang at home and so I, I never really knew what my voice sounded like in the space and like how loud I could be or how quiet I- I'd have to yeah. be and at least when I was at drama school, I could be, I could go to a studio, I could go to a practice room and sing as loud as I want. And it's all um, sound dampened. So like it wouldn't be annoying anyone next door. But yeah, especially with having to record ourselves singing um, for projects or for singing lessons or anything like that. It's been really different. I, I, it's been good in one way because it's allowed me to sort of listen back to myself because I've listened to recordings and gone, OK, that was really strained or that didn't sound quite right or the intonation on that wasn't great so I can go back and fix it so it's been helping me develop in a certain aspect but it's also been a bit hindering by the fact that I'm not used to doing it in these circumstances and I feel like I'm not massively being at the quality that I was previously yeah no exactly it is because like I tried to sing something to Dan on zoom last week and then I like hadn't warmed up properly and stuff like that and if I I feel like if I was doing it in person I would have been like a lot more worried about it but I feel like doing it over zoom I'm just a bit more like oh well you can do another take of it and I'm too blase Mm. because because that's like the industry we're going into you can't do another take of stuff um but yeah um I think it's just yeah I've always sung in my house like one, one time years ago um our old next door neighbours um, had an au pair and we got a note through the door one night at like 10pm. She used to go, like our neighbour told us she used to go to bed quite early and we got a note through the door at 10pm. I used to have my showers quite late at night and I used to sing in them, <laughs> sing, just sing in the shower. And we got a note through the door saying, um, yeah, can you shut up? Like past, uh, past singing past 9.30 and I was like, oh, okay, oh, sorry. Yeah. So I've never sung late at night anymore. Um, but yeah. So I've just always, I've always sung at home, so that hasn't been that too hard to yeah. switch to. I suppose singing on camera at home I've never done, and singing like downstairs and stuff like that. I don't know, it's been a bit weird. I've had to like send my mum and dad upstairs when I'm mm. doing my self-tapes and stuff. But um, I was Sorry, I was going to say one thing I've, I've realised is that, especially with um, singing it live, you don't pay attention to your voice as, as much and you don't like overanalyze it. Uh, sorry if you can hear the dog bark uh, in the background. No, it's, um, it's fine. But with singing, you don't overanalyze um, when you s- sing it live because you're more focused on giving the performance. But when you record it and like listen back to the recording, you 
massively jump into what you've done and you go, oh, I'm going to have to record that again. I'm going to have to record that bit again. Like that bit doesn't sound good. That bit sounds really bad. And I think that is very jarring to someone's confidence. I know, especially for me, I've, I've sort of lost yeah. confidence in myself a little bit um, just by listening back to my singing and not being able to get it to sound perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do agree. It's kind of like I've re-recorded stuff so many times when I've been like, when obviously in an audition you just have one shot to get it right and whatever but yeah much adrenaline is there when you're singing in your room you just feel so as you say blasé very calm and like there's not really much going on so you're like I can do this all day I'll just keep doing as many takes as I need and then you get five o'clock at night you've got 50 recordings of the same song and your voice has just gotten (laughs) more and more tired by the end of each recording I, I, yeah, exactly. I was trying to record a song for our solo um, show project, and the end note is a really long, sustained um, G. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need to just make sure I, I get this out properly. The first time I recorded it, I was like, oh, I'm being too loud, and it's clipped the microphone. That's fine. And I just kept doing it over and over again. And by the end of the, <laughs> the recording, my voice just sounded like I smoked 50 cigarettes before singing. Just because it sounded so tired and like strained, and I was like, okay, I'm going to damage my voice if I carry on. So I, yeah, and I ended up cheating a little bit and I cut together um, two versions of me singing that same note. And as I'm about to hit a voice crack, I swapped the other recording. Oh my, that is a a way to cheat the system. Obviously, in all, okay, top, can't do that for auditions because it's really obvious when you cut two videos together, but um. Yeah, that's a that's a way to cheat the system. Why not? <laughs> but I mean, it's purely because I only recorded the audio and I haven't recorded myself singing like on camera because I'm just going to lip sync in the um solo show. But yeah, same. I need to I need to do that. But it's, it's literally just so I can get the song sounding how I want and then uh, and then just um, mimic what I'm going to be doing. Just because I I've been writing down ideas of um like where i'm going to be filming like different locations in the house and like, i'm going to jump cut between different places at different points mm. like the, the play or the song but yeah I, it definitely has been dragging on my uh self-confidence a little bit um recording these songs over and over again yeah i mean it it is tough because some days of like obviously our voices will be better than others mm. And just from personal experience at home, I've kind of been a bit like um, getting frustrated with myself because I, if I like can't sing the end note one day and then can the next day or something like that, I'll be like, why is this happening? Yeah. Um, and obviously when you're in class, you have people to be like, it's fine, it happens. Like voice cracks happen and stuff like that. And just because you're sat at home on your own doing everything by yourself, mm. it's a bit, it's been a bit tougher, but yeah. I was going to say, I um, when we were talking about sort of online interviews and stuff, I thought of my time when I had to do my, uh, what was it, recall for, yeah, it was my GSA recall for acting, um, and I had to do that purely through Zoom. Um, oh, blimey, okay. It, it was interesting, because I had to do, what was it, like three three stages in the interview, so it started off with, okay, if you've got a space you can move around in. They like, warned me beforehand, but like via email to say, you're going to be doing a movement exercise. And I was like, okay, it's probably just going to be like maybe some animal work or like um, elemental work just to see how you move and how you embody like an idea. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting the, uh, the, the head of um, movement or I can't remember what her title was and I feel really bad now, but she, she's basically one of the tutors at GSA for acting. And um, the, the exercise was, imagine you are a T-shirt. And that, that was the first line I got. And I knew I was in for a fun ride by that point. Um, so I had to imagine I was a T-shirt, move my weight into the part of my feet that I believe a T-shirt would be in. Um, yeah. Carry myself how I imagine a T-shirt would be. So is it going to be like floppy? Is it going to be heavy? Is it going to be really rigid? Um, and then I had to imagine that I was a T-shirt that was blowing in the wind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that sounds quite cool. It, it was interesting, but it was so it's so weird to tell back to people. They're like, "Oh, what'd you do in your audition?" I was like, "I was a T-shirt that was blowing." Wind. Yeah. 
and then people who don't people who don't understand like the meaning behind stuff it's hard to explain to like my mum and dad yeah just don't get some of the stuff and i'm like okay sorry sorry drama school things (laughs) it's too upper class for you sorry (laughs) um but the, the the ending of that uh, exercise required me to imagine that I was the t-shirt being put into a bucket of water and then scrubbed mm-hmm. and rinsed and washed out and like how that water now affects the way you stand so it is really interesting to think about the ways that it could affect you and I'd like to make yeah. a good impression um, especially with that section uh, but I don't know how well they saw me because my internet was being a bit iffy that day so I don't know oh, they saw yeah. me being nice and smooth or unless it was three frames a second so it was just like one uh, 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 and they just thought yeah he's putting effort in like let's let's just give it to him he's he's doing all right um (laughs) the next bit wasn't so hard they just asked me to sit down in front of the camera and then recite my monologue and they wanted me on my shakespeare monologue which was quite surprising they didn't want to see my contemporary at all um okay which i guess makes sense because you have to be able to um, acts you have to interpret the text and you have to understand what you're saying even if it's um, a, a foreign language to you like a bit like what Shakespeare might be to some people um, yeah but th- that went fairly alright they just sort of walked through what the intentions were of my monologue but my favourite bit that I remember was the uh, he was an external um, member who teaches at GSA frequently he said like he's an actor and director from london who teaches at gsa um he wanted me to direct my monologue to him and he said even throw my name in sometimes like call me dave like so just be like oh yeah so um even as one heat another heat expels dave <laughs> and it okay. really threw me off because you're using all this like eloquent language that shakespeare has written and then you just chuck in a random dave every now and then it feels yeah. so out of place but I don't know. I was. I took it as seriously as I could, and I could kind of see them giggling to themselves because of how absurd it sounded with me going like, "Listen, Dave, yeah, one heat, yeah." That was that was probably the best thing to come from this year, though. Me actually finally understanding how to understand Shakespeare. Yes, <laughs> which was which was one of my biggest worries was when um, drama schools last year were like oh yeah and bring a Shakespeare and I was like I had no idea how to like work out what it meant and everything even looking at translations I was like this still doesn't make sense in my head um and then obviously having a tutor to go through it with you and it actually like explain what's what was very helpful how how would you yeah Shakespeare monologue now then well I I would always look at I used to not look at the translation first which was a very stupid bad idea never do that if um you're looking at Shakespeare but um I now look at the translation first and then edit them um I had a photo on my phone of my Shakespeare monologue that was edited side by side with the translation Uh. and then it was so much easier to learn um I just find it, it, it never stuck in my head so I would highlight each line this this year I found all sorts I tested out a load of different methods but I would highlight each line a different color or if there were two, like, if it was rhyming every second line, I would highlight those lines that rhyme with each other in the same colour and then the other ones in a different colour. Um, and then Isabel in my flat and I were doing some different things to help learn it, where we would um, learn a line standing on a chair in our flat kitchen. Okay. And then, yeah, <laughs> this was how we would learn um, when we had to do sonnets. Yeah. Um, and we would, once we had learned that line, we would then step onto the next chair and then say that line. And if you forgot the second line, you'd then have to go back to the first chair. And then it would basically, each chair would mean a different line. Uh-huh. And then that stuck in my head quite well. Um, cool. Because if you got round to say like the seventh chair and then got it wrong, you would have to go all the way back to the first one and you had already learned the first six. So then by the time you got to the seventh again, um, after you've learned it, it stuck in my head and that was quite a good way of doing it um, that's basically like a physicalized version of what i just do mentally so like yeah read and repeat but if i get it wrong go back to the beginning yeah i mean i needed i i kind of i i do like read and repeat with my own monologues but it just doesn't with shakespeare because it's obviously 
it's not a different language. I was about to say it's a different language. It's in English, but it's it in feels um, like a different language. Yeah, it feels like a different language with the words that are used and stuff like that. They just don't stick in my head because I can't, even though I can't relate to my modern monologues um, as much because mine's a, mine was from Five Kinds of Silence. It's about a demented father who got killed by his children. So yeah, can't exactly relate to that. But you find um, the truth behind what you you're saying, like. Yeah, because you can kind of see it. Connection. Yeah, and um, that's why the translation with Shakespeare helped me so much because then um, my monologue was King Richard the um, Second, so from Richard the Second, and it was his um, "No matter where of comfort, no of comfort, no man speak." That whole um, section, a monologue, and it's kind of him just having a breakdown about being. Um, seen as some sort of weak king because he's too young um and then there was another man who would literally kill him to get the crown and stuff like that and once i had that translation of what he was saying it made it so much easier to learn because i actually was like ah okay i understand it now yeah um but yeah that that i think it's good that you have a system now that helps you figure out how you come across shakespeare for me i i'd always just I was bad with the way I used to learn monologues and used to do it. I used to just read it through and then do what felt right, like speak it through. But that's not reliable enough yeah. to, to get that out. Because um, I took reading uh, some Stanislavski books, I realised that that's what's called subconscious acting. Um, okay. <laughs> not to sound pretentious. Um, <laughs> was that the um? That was that the complete Stanislavski Stanislavski toolkit you read? Uh, no, it, it's no oh, sections that because I have got that sat in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was um an actor prepares, so it ah yeah the same information yeah. in. But after sort of doing this foundation at GSA, I've come to realise that I need some form of technique to be able to understand what I'm doing and to make it reliable and to be consistent with the work. So like now I um, analyze the script, I obviously get the translation like you do, make sure I know every single word in the um, in the monologue and then I'll do different things to sort of action it. So have, do you know about the actor's thesaurus? Um, I have heard of it, I've never read it. Uh, um, it, it's, or had a look at it. it. It is literally just a thesaurus. It's it's not a, a book or anything. Um, okay, but okay, that makes me sound completely stupid now. Yeah, but it basically um, for each line in a monologue, you have to have an intention or an action behind it. So if I take the first um, line of my uh, Shakespeare, Proteus from Two Gentlemen of Verona, even as one mm. another heat expels. So for that, I would need to figure out what is that line trying to get across to someone. So um, it would be to, uh, it's, it's always going to be a verb. So to persuade you, to encourage you. So for me, that might be something like to encourage you. So yeah. him trying to encourage himself to figure out what's going on. So it, it basically gives you a driving factor behind it. And I would do stuff like that um, and use uh, fundamental questions and a lot of technical stuff to try and understand what um, a monologue means. I don't even know where did we get to this. Um... We were talking. Oh, we were talking about Shakespeare and my mom yes. for the audition. But yeah, and how how have we gone? We've gone on a massive tangent again. We were talking about online auditions <laughs> and videos. But just just to finish that off basically yeah learning techniques and having a consist consistent way of understanding what you're doing really is important especially when even if you're just interested in musical theater having an acting technique that you can rely upon that you know will help you and will work out for you if you need to do it for anything a song an ensemble member needs to be able to understand what their story and the track of the character is and it's, it's just important to focus on the acting side of things as well as the singing and the dancing um yeah exactly but that was one big thing i learned this year as well like acting is just important as singing oh yeah because a song a song without acting is just a song <laughs> <laughs> like 
it's just you standing there singing. Like even even when you watch pop singers on stage, we're told obviously not to look like we're straining or anything like that in musical theatre. Mm. But when pop singers sing like a high note and they like strain their face and like look really like deep and into the song, that's them acting their way through the lyrics. It's emotional, but somewhere in it. Yeah, exactly. It's emotion. It's it's not to tell a story in the same way as musical theatre, but. Um, yeah, I'm going on a tangent again. That's talking okay. about pop singers now. Shall I, <laughs> shall I bring us round to uh, the next segment, which is questions? Yes, why not? Um, so last episode, we wanted to try and get some questions to answer, um, but we were not prepared enough and forgot to send out the question to people. Um, so Oops. <laughs> this time, we've been a little bit more prepared and we actually have questions from some friends that we asked out on Instagram. Um so one of the questions that I got was, what is your honest opinion of GSA? And do you think you need an acting school to succeed? So what would you say to that, Chris? Um, my honest opinion of GSA is I've, I've loved it this year. I think it was definitely 100% what I needed to get anywhere. So even whether that be to get into GSA again or get into a different drama school, um, it was definitely what I needed just because... I've, I know some of um, our mates from the course have been in um, like theatre college and everything like that, or like um, musical theatre college and training and stuff like that prior to GSA. Um, but I just didn't have that. Um, obviously, I did the school musicals, but I think it was very important, and it was it was very good in making me realise that this is actually what I wanted to do. I mean, it was quite an expensive way of making me realise <laughs> that this was what I wanted to do. But yeah, I think I think it was definitely like. A great experience and it taught me a lot this year like i've matured so much in performance and everything yeah. um yeah just getting i quite like G- i i've liked gsa a lot for the fact that you got the uni experience as well yeah that's what I would... because you were yeah because we were in a flat with 14 of us and there were five of us from gsa but then all the other nine of them were from different courses like all different places and stuff like that so i think that was probably one of my favorite parts the fact that we can mix with other uni students and stuff like that yeah i I feel like there's with gsa in particular it's a more of a community than other drama schools that i've been to before like obviously every drama school has their like family and their community but yeah i feel like gsa is a little bit more inclusive to not only just like gsa members but especially like other like the whole university itself feels like one big community and GSA even feels like it is a part of the University of Surrey even though it is um, just a drama school that is attached to the university you feel like you go to the University of Surrey and yeah, it, it, it just allows you to feel more included which is I feel like for a lot of drama school people is, is quite important to feel part of the community yeah because I think, I think people can feel very I know like mental health and everything is a very big thing in musical theatre and people can feel quite isolated in our career, like especially at the moment, because obviously everyone's gone from doing tours and knowing what they're doing next, like the Phantom Tour has just been cancelled. So like all sorts of stuff, all sorts of awful stuff is going on because of Corona and stuff at the moment. Not to come back onto the topic of Corona, because quite frankly, I'm quite bored of talking about it 24-7. And I'm sure there's (laughs) podcasts that have been mentioning about it yeah exactly um but yeah i think just obviously this time in particular um like actors feel very isolated because there literally is no work like even programs like blimini stenders and stuff like that are are gonna come off air in mid-june because they've had to stop recording and all sorts of soap soap operas everything like that nothing's been able to record um any episodes so yeah it's all a bit of a weird time but yeah, I think it is has been nice to feel a part of the community. Yeah. Even though there's all those sorry fesses, you know, debating whether musical theatre and acting and stuff at GSA is a real course <laughs> or whatever. I can assure you, it is. It it's, is tough. it's a very, <laughs> it's a very small community of people that believe that GSA isn't a a viable option to to be successful in life. But that they do them, they can do themselves. They that they can have their opinion. We can have ours. They'll see what happens but yeah 
I mean, Sorry Fest is in the best place to um, <laughs> to go off for, yeah. for for your news and whatever. But yeah. But go- going on to the second part of that question, do you think you need an acting school to succeed? I think with the current climate that the industry is in now, yes. I feel like an acting school mm. is very important because it gives you that first step to, to get an agent, to get your showcase and get your face out there so people can sort of see you and you get your foot in the door. Before, you used to be able to just know someone who would say, oh, I'm looking for um, tall, brown hair, white boy. Uh, are you a play yeah. Like, I, I've been reading a lot of biographies of older actors, like Michael Crawford is one of the ones I've been reading, um, who was the original Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. He was... Um, Frank Spencer and some others do have him on BBC and like he he just got into it through knowing people and of course that's that's a perfectly fine way to get into it like all the better for you because that gives you more time to be in the industry and like get more experience but times have changed and it's a lot harder now some people still have yeah. that opportunity though where they can get into industry without drama school training like Carrie Hope Fletcher she was lucky enough to be able to get um an agent just through sending off um cvs and like cover letters and having previous experiences being a child actor in west end and such yeah i mean i saw i saw a tiktok of someone that um i know tiktok's a great place to get your news from but um this person i think he was in aladdin i can't remember who it was but he literally had decided age like 11 that he wanted to do it um um, musical theatre professionally and he just went to dance classes like probably you did as well on the weekends so had like a drama school that he went to on a Saturday yeah and did the school musicals and stuff like that and he was so like naturally talented that he literally didn't need the training like obviously he worked so hard at home himself and he got closer to like um, the industry level so leaving school and everything but um, he he literally did it all himself from teaching himself dancing online and going to a drama school on a Saturday. Yeah. And I would love to have been able to do that, but I just think some people just need the extra help from like an actual person. Yeah. It, well, um, I know some people can teach themselves, but like my personality, just I can't just teach myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I feel like people shouldn't be disheartened by the fact that we said it helps to have drama school though. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you can still get into the industry if you haven't been to drama school. Like, there are loads of websites and stuff that you can um, pick up sort of smaller credits from student films or from low budget productions. And even just that, yeah. you can get your face out there and then apply to an agent and say, This is what I've got. But obviously, there's no guarantee that you're going to get work through doing that. No so yeah exactly there's there's like you can just it's all about getting a show reel and um good cover letter and cv and everything and it's it's a lot about personality as well yeah. like if you're a nice person to talk to in, in interview and in auditions and stuff then you will get far like um but yeah so it's not it's not essential for some people but i would say if you think you need the training it's very bad um then I would go for it because it has been the most beneficial thing I've done yeah. towards my career. So Personally, for me, it was that first professional step um, because beforehand, I all I'd done, as you've mentioned, is just like school musicals or I, I went to college to do acting, um, which was like a semi-professional step. But a lot of people on my course didn't want to go off and do acting professionally. They just did it because it was a course they enjoyed and like it would help them with certain careers that require you to be a bit more um, open spoken like and stuff like that. Um, yeah. The foundation at GSA was me able to like sort of start putting my foot into what life would be like if you had to learn professionally how to be in this and it helps make the decision on what you want to do. And, and yeah, I, I think it was just a really big stepping stone um to help you understand what was required of you because i yeah exactly i know for me this foundation year has made me realize how physically demanding this industry is yeah literally <laughs> i I'm, I'm not the the fittest person ever so it's been a big a big eye opener for me for sure yeah i mean i i i knew how tough it was because obviously doing 
musicals and doing song and dance numbers and everything and I was like oh yeah but it can't get much harder than this can it oh yes it can um, but yeah it's 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 been a great sort of like you said an eye-opener um into what it will be like and how intense the industry is because you think some some people are in shows and then if you've got um a if you're in a show and you're lucky enough to get a run after like starting right after you could be in rehearsals all day and then go straight into doing an evening show going to bed at what 11 30 12 at night getting up the next morning at eight going into rehearsal um, rehearsals again so it's it's obviously going to be very intense and i think that was something i learned this year from like the intensity of our courses yeah. of our courses of our lessons and everything like that um I was going to say that's a good segue onto the next question, which is what are the cons of the course? Oh, okay. Um, do you want to go first yeah. or to it? Well, I'm happy to jump in here. Obviously, we have to be, yeah, if you jump be very careful with the way we word things because this is a course we're currently on. And <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start off by saying this course is amazing. Both of us have massively benefited from being on it. And if we mention on yeah, it, it's purely in a critical light to understand what we feel might have um, helped us out a bit more. Um, yeah, we've probably we've probably already said some of this stuff we're about to say to Jerry. Probably. Like, I yeah, <laughs> like in a little year meeting. My my first sort of thing that I would critique about the course was there there were forty people on our course. And I feel like sometimes you struggled with having that personal connection with your tutor. Because, bless Jerry, he's only one man and there are 40 of us. So we weren't able to yeah. get all the time um, constant sort of connection with the head of our course. Um, but I, I think it was good that they had 40 people because there was quite a, a lot of people that um, needed the training and they've not turned less they've not turned more people away this year but yeah exactly. we've struggled to um get that full like attention that some people might have needed luckily for me i'm quite an independent person anyway so i'll be told by jerry what i need to do and then i'll go off and do it and then i'll come back to him in like two weeks and say i've done this what do you think and i'll just need sort of constant re like uh, reaffirming or confirmation or whatever a little bit later on but there's some people that I understand do need that constant, like maybe every few days, like, am I doing this right? I need this help. I need this assistance. And sometimes big forces yeah. as big as ours, you can't always get that attention. No, exactly. Um, yeah, I was just going to say one thing that for me that um, I found quite tough to get on board with was how, like, quite how intense the course was. Yeah. Because obviously, um, from like the first years and stuff, they're doing lots of classes and stuff like that, but they're not working towards a big goal yet. Obviously, you have dance assessments and stuff like that, but I felt like all of us working so, so hard at all of our audition stuff, I felt like I needed to be in till late. And some, I know some of my mates, like I would stay in late, like maybe one day a week, but then some of my mates were in every day. <clears throat> in every day till like 11 p.m when the doors shut and it was just it was so intense and there was so much work that we had to do behind the scenes that i found it hard to fit it all in one thing that i found that and... was quite sad was um that there felt like there was competition at points i know no one intended mm. for there to be but because there's so few spaces for all these people like that, that there's there was points where people that you think you you got on well with might have sort of said something like about if they got for something and you didn't or or whatever i think it brought out a, a nasty side to some people and obviously this this yeah. is due to the course this is cons of just being in the industry you you find people that aren't always the best intended when things don't go their way or if things do go their way they don't handle success humbly which is something i think is massively important you have to be humble because you you start from such a small beginning you you, you can't be amazing at everything from the get-go and you can't rub that in people's faces if you do have success yeah 
yeah, I do understand that. I do kind of agree with you as well. It's just that it wasn't it was like it wasn't any particular people, but it was a general just, vibe. Yes, a general a general vibe when auditions started happening. It was like, oh, okay, um, this is interesting now, and everyone started getting more stressed about not getting places and all sorts of things like that. I think people, yeah, I, I it's know. guaranteed on any foundation course there is going to be the point where people get offers and people don't and the people who haven't gotten any offers are going to start to feel bad about themselves and that is that is going to be like it is going to happen and just have to handle it the right way you have to be able to look and say we everything happens for a reason you are talented it just might not be the right time for you at that school or whatever but it's just how how you handle it I don't know how to word that any better. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. Like, I think um, personally, one of my <laughs> one of my favourite memories from this year. This probably shouldn't be something I'm talking about, but <laughs> it was the um, it was the train home from my Mount View audition, yeah. <laughs> where where all four of us um, GSA lot that were in the afternoon had been like rejected, not got through to the after like the recall. And all four of us were just so in such a weird mood on the train home that we had the most hilarious journey that we yeah. were like, you know what, it's fine, life goes on. And if, if I was, I, felt, I feel like if I felt like I was the only person out of those four of us that hadn't got a place, say, or something like that, it would be completely different. Yeah. But it was the fact that all four, all four of us were just together, <laughs> just like, you know what, we're fine, we can deal with this, life goes on. It's not obviously, Mountview wasn't the right school for us yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and it was literally one of my favourite, like, favourite things. I've got so many weird videos of <laughs> absolutely messing, like, messing about all over the place. I don't really, yeah, it was just a, it was just such a weird vibe, like, when we got rejected, because it wasn't like we were upset, because we were just like, well, obviously, like, we, we're not the right thing they're looking for. So it's fine, you know what, life goes on. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, I think, I think that was, um, yeah, one of the cons was definitely like feeling like you're alone though when you when you get um rejected from certain places and some people get accepted um i think it's kind of been different because we've had lockdown yeah. and most of our auditions have been in lockdown but i know from hearing from my mate who was on the course last year like a few people got really really like isolated last year um when it was in person and things like they would not be asked for an interview to GSA and it was literally that afternoon and then they had to go back into lessons and pretend like everything was fine. I've quite liked that we haven't had to do that. So obviously I feel like I'm not speaking for them, but I feel like that could be a con of the course is the fact that if we were in person getting rejection, I think it would have been even a lower more hard to swallow because then you're around people that are like oh yeah i got a recall or whatever but kind of when you're at home you can just be like what okay really and just like shut up the phone or something is that it's not necessarily whether you're good or not or whether you're right for the school it's literally what they're looking for on the day like last year i auditioned for royal central and i got to the afternoon i mentioned this in the previous podcast um and then this year i auditioned for royal central and i didn't even get that but I felt like I had improved as a performer, as an actor, but it hadn't shown anything. So I think it's really important just to understand that it's not that you aren't good enough or that you've gotten worse. It's that the people that were there might have already seen someone like you that day that they already wanted or that they've already offered. And it'd be awkward for them to then try and have to decide between two people who are exactly the same or very similar. And I think it's just... It is all luck. This industry is massively about being in the right place at the right time. And sometimes it works out for people, sometimes it doesn't. It's just the people who are consistent and the people who don't give up are the people that end up being successful. Hello, this is Will from the future. I am just jumping in real quick to say that at this point in the episode, Chris lost connection with his Wi-Fi and I was sat there trying to talk to him for a couple of seconds and so I cut that little bit out and it's going to jump straight to the end. Um, But Chris is fine. It was just his headphones that disconnected and he he could hear me but he couldn't talk back. So I'm going to let past me do the outro.
But if uh, if I can't hear back from Chris, all I'm going to say is uh, I'll leave it on that solemn note. Um, you can be successful if you try. And uh, just never give up. So thank you guys for listening. Whatever is happening for you out there, go and smash it. And we will see you soon.